the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Buckle up and settle in for a full hour of automotive mayhem with the real car guy, master technician, Mark Salem, where the only two things we can't fix is a broken heart and the crack of dawn. To talk to Mark, call 602-508-0960. That's 602-508-0960. Now, once again, here's Mark. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back, everybody. My name's Mark Salem, and we're here for the next hour talking about car, car repair questions and problems. Jay and Dan are both on the line. We have three lines open at 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. Let me tell you about quality transmission and why transmission overhauls are not always the same. It's important to know what's included in the price. And here's the issue. The issue is is that we can go in and just fix the problem in your transmission and not replace any of the other wear components. So we can fix a broken spray or a broken spring or maybe a solenoid that's bad. We can just fix that, put your transmission back on the road, but it's a still an 80,000 mile transmission with a brand new solenoid in it. So it doesn't have new clutch plates, it doesn't have new seals, it doesn't have a whole lot of stuff it needs. Well, at Quality Transmission, you don't have to worry about that because they're going to replace all the wear components when they replace your transmission. And if you have a problem, they're going to take care of it. Will they do what they say? Yes. Are they going to hassle you? No. Quality Transmission is going to give you honest answers about your transmission problems and repairs. They don't rebuild every transmission that comes in there. Actually, they rebuild at probably 3 out of 10. So the idea is is that Bob and Steve at Quality Transmission are a great place to go when you have a transmission problem because they'll drive it and talk to you for free. They're on McClintock North of University in Tempe. All righty, let's go to the phones like we promised, and we're going to start here. Let me find my phone sheet. Do you see it anywhere? Oh, what What have you been doing while I was gone? I'm there sorry, you Jay. Go. <laughs> Jay, good morning, Jay. How can I help you today? I'm doing well. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, sir, I can. Okay, fantastic. Um, uh, Nissan Altima, uh, I think it's an 04, got 186,000 miles. It's ran like a champ for five or six years. Whenever I start it, there's a really high clanking sound. I mean, it sounds really worse than uh, I've ever heard it sound, but everybody seems to tell me that it's running fine. I shouldn't worry about it. Well, that's, a sound is something that you kind of have to hear. Um, let me ask you a couple questions. Yes, sir. How long does the noise last? Oh, typically just when I start it, um, and then when I'm driving, I can't tell, but it seems to go away because I've turned down my radio several times. So it sounds like just okay. when I start it, you know, high cl- a clanking sound. Um, okay. Is it related know? to the RPMs of the engine? So if you rev the engine up, does it does the noise accelerate too? No, sir. Ooh, okay. No, it the, sounds like the, when I lift up the hood, Mark, it sounds like it's just, you know, it's near the belt area. And, again, that's pretty naive. I think the best way I can explain yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I ne- I need to know if it's related to the speed of the engine. So when it when you start it up and it's there, I want you to rev it real quick and see if if the noise goes with the rev. If the noise doesn't go with the rev, 
then it, it's really something on the outside of the motor, or it could be, I mean, it could be a whole lot of other things, but I, you need to know if that noise is related to the RPMs of the engine. Otherwise, does it go up when you give the RPMs a boost, and when does it go down? No. That's really important. Oh, he, no. Said no. he said no. Okay, if you're sure that it's no, I, I, I can't even guess what what would make noise. Um, is your shirt's underneath the hood and it's not in the back of the car? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, I mean, an exhaust shroud, something that's hitting, it, does it sound tinny and metal -y, tinny. Like, for yes, instance? exactly. Okay. It sounds tinny and metal -y. And okay. metallic is the best way I can describe it. All right. Okay. So do you have somebody you trust if you laid underneath the car to have somebody to start it up in the morning and not run over you? Yes, sir. Okay, old pants on, old shirt, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. You crawl underneath there, and you find the grill that covers the bottom of the catalytic converter. You put your okay. foot against it, okay? So you just kind of touch it with your foot. You take your foot off. You have the wife or the girlfriend, preferably not both, start the car. You'll hear the noise, and as soon as you hear the noise, I want you to put your foot on the guard below the catalytic converter. Okay. If that goes away, then we just found it. If, if I'm working on your car and I'm trying to find a noise first thing in the morning, I'm going to start it and i got to hear it first, but then I'm going to try to shut it off and I'm going to take all the accessory belts off of it and then I'm going to start it up and see if the noise is still there. But that's how I'm going to do But if it's a tinny noise, it could be one of two or three different exhaust shields where we've broken a weld, we've broken a spot weld, we've broken a riveted area, the clamps come loose, and to be honest with you, that's going to be a $25 repair. All we're going to do is, is just run a sheet metal screw through it or something like that to fix it and get it to stop rattling. Beautiful. And, and, and that's something that you could do if you want to take your car in for an oil change but leave it the night before and write on the windshield or hang a big piece of paper on the rearview mirror that be prepared to diagnose the tinny rattling noise on first startup first thing in the morning. That way, the lot boy won't go get it and bring it in, and the noise is already gone. Gotcha. Okay? Beautiful, sir. Hey, I appreciate you guys are doing a great job. Have a fantastic weekend. Thank you very much, and same to you. So Thank you, sir. noise when cold. Would that do it all the time, though? No, because on an exhaust shield, almost always the tinny noise is just there until we get some heat, and then the heat will change it, or it'll, as, as metal expands, the, the two things that are touching together will get further apart. Kind of like you and me sometimes. Oh, yeah, exactly. All righty. Dan, good morning to you. How can I help you? Uh, okay, well, I've got a 2000, uh, it's an RV with a V10, Ford V10 motor in it. Okay. And when, uh, when, when it's warmed up, say you're going uphill, or it, it gets right around the middle of the temperature. Okay. And... And then the temperature gauge will just bury itself full hot, and it'll go into survival mode. Okay. Which, which I don't know if you know what what that is on the V10. Of course I do. Okay. It's called, so it goes yeah, into survival it, mode. Okay. I stop. I pull over. Check it. Check it out. Open the radiator cap. Uh, it's not hot. Okay. But it thinks it is. Okay. And. I've brought this is it in. Easy. I've had the. Um, I've had oh, the. Boy. I've had everything done to it that I could possibly do. Change. The Are you dictating the repair? No. I. I. The last time. The last time I brought it in, I brought it to the dealer, and I said, "This is what's going on. Tell me what to do." They suggested 
out the radiator, pull out the, the AC core. It could be a thousand or two thousand dollars. And uh, well, you just got through saying that when you when this happens and the needle buries that you get out and take the radiator cap off and it's not overheating and it's not throwing coolant all over you and it's not covering you with red hot scalding coolant. So don't you think that that tells us that you've got a false signal? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, then having the radiator pulled out and having all that stuff done, which is effectively trying to find an overheat, would be a great thing for you to do to butter their bread and fill their pockets full of gold. And exactly. it doesn't really make a lot of sense to what you said. Exactly. That's why. Why I don't drove you put away. a coolant sensor and a harness on it? Okay. A coolant sensor and a harness? Yeah, the plug. Buy a coolant sensor and a plug and put both of those on it. Oh, yeah, I've already done that. Well, I've had it oh. done. They said that they said that they did it, but, okay. you know, and they did show well, me the part. They said, yeah, we okay. changed this, and, the, you know, we put a new sensor in. So, the, so after I took it from the dealer, I drove it up to Flagstaff. And it died uh, from Mesa. It died by the time I got to Shea. Okay. I pulled over, and if it sits for a little bit and it drops a couple degrees, it goes out of the it, it goes out of the um, you know the survival mode, and then I can drive again. Well, it happened twice, and then the third t the the second time it it did it, I took the radiator cap and I just left it loose, you know, so in. Lo and behold, I went all the way to flag. It never overheated. The the temperature gauge went past the middle, almost to three quarters at one point when I was going, you know, on a steep incline. And uh, Are you I had no problem. To the... I did not you know, add any is, coolant. Nothing. You know, when when we get to this kind of a story, where, you know, you go left, you go right, you turn around, go backwards, you go around forward, and I'm looking at the face of a clock, and there's 12 different paths, and you've just covered all 12 of them. So, you know, it's 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 very difficult to 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 talk about symptoms when when every time I say, well, what about this? And you said that's been done. What about this has been done? When you take the cap off the radiator, you take the pressure off of it. And if you had a blown head gasket or if you had some kind of com combustion leak where we're pumping coolant into the cylinder, then you would have a constant nagging problem of a low coolant situation. Before you pulled the cap off, had you ever been adding coolant to it to a regular uh, on a regular time frame? No. Okay, then that eliminates a combustion leak. I don't have an explanation why taking the cap off your radiator lets you drive all the way to Shea. I, I don't understand that. Um, that doesn't make. I believe you, but you know, I don't. I don't understand. Fixing your car based on that kind of stuff is a huge waste of your money and the shop's time. They need to be there. They need to have a scanner plugged in. They need to figure out, is the signal from the sensor, um, in fact, the uh, the appropriate signal? Now, let me ask you a question. There's a difference between the temperature sender that talks to the gauge and a coolant sensor. Do you know which one they changed? I don't. Okay, because the coolant sensor talks to the gauge. But the okay. coolant, or no, the temperature sensor talks to the gauge, but the coolant sensor talks to the computer. So if the coolant sensor is saying this this engine's red hot, then the cool, the computer's going to shut you down. It wants to save the motor. 
Meanwhile, you got the gauge. Now, it is possible, depending on what chassis. In, I, I know you have a Ford chassis, and you probably have an F53 chassis. I'm familiar with RVs very well. It could be that the coolant sensor talks to the computer, and then the computer talks to the gauge. There also could be a temp sensor that talks to a red light on your dashboard. So if there's a temp sensor and they replace the temp sensor, then you have not replaced the coolant sensor I'm asking you about because it talks to the computer. And the computer needs to see an input that says engine red hot, start shutting this mother down, and the computer will then accomplish that goal. So we need to make sure we're talking uh, semantics correctly. I still think that the coolant sensor which is going to be close to the thermostat housing on your V10, and it's going to have multiple wires to it, maybe three or four wires to it, unlike every other sensor that just has one or two wires to it. So the coolant sensor has more inputs and outputs, more wires in and out than a regular temperature sender. So I think the coolant sensor is your problem. I think that's going to be the ultimate fix. It's possible they replace the temperature sender and the harness and, they, and they're thinking that that sensor is lying to the computer, and I think the coolant sensor is the one that has the computer's attention. I think the temp sensor is what runs a light on the dash that probably comes on when it gets overheated. So that's what I think. But good luck to you. Thank you very much. And when we come back, we'll take your call, 602-508-0960, 602-508-0960. The Seth Liebson Show, where it's principles, not politics. Is there not a difference between a man with a gun who enters your house at night and wants to shoot you, and you who may be armed and shoot him first? Same kind of weapon, same kind of bullet, different ends. If you don't understand the ends of your violence, you will never be able to have a moral discussion of war. You will never be able to talk about just war theory, the justice in going to war, and the justice of what you do in war. Weekdays from 10 to midnight on 960 The Patriot. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. They have ASC certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird Autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. The future of freedom is now, and there's one person unafraid to take us there. It is the Chamber of Commerce, it is Wall Street, it is the wealthy donors who have a very particular and small group of concerns that 80% of Americans could not care less about. And Coulter. Democrats should go for the novelty candidates. Republicans shouldn't be wasting their time on someone who isn't going to be the nominee. Where is America headed, and how did we get here? Ann Coulter and Hugh Hewitt, a special one-night event, including a special Q&A panel of Arizona congressional leaders moderated by Hugh Hewitt and Arizona Republican Chairman Robert Graham. I have not had this much hope for America since 2012. November 12th at 7.30 p.m. Tickets on sale now at 960thepatriot.com. The biggest political event of 2015. 
The Future of Freedom Tour, sponsored by Guns Etc. On sale now at 960thepatriot.com. God hasn't given up on America yet. I'm a firefighter. A teacher. I'm a farmer. I'm a barber. A waitress. A mom. We're all part of your community. Every day we move in and out of each other's busy lives. It's easy to take for granted all the little moments that make up our every day. Some are good, others not so much. But that's life. It's when you experience a moment of uncertainty, something or someone's behavior that doesn't seem quite right. These are the moments to take a pause. Because if something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. It's not about paranoia. Or being afraid. It's about standing up and protecting our communities. One detail at a time. Because a lot of little details can become a pattern. We. 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 We trust our instincts. Just like you should. Because only you know what's not supposed to be in your everyday. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. Ann Coulter and Hugh Hewitt, November 12th at 7.30 p.m. Tickets on sale now at 960thepatriot.com. The biggest political event of 2015. The Future of Freedom Tour. Sponsored by Guns Etc. Looking to know what's up on the Dennis Prager Show? Like 960 The Patriot on Facebook for daily show updates. 960 The Patriot. Welcome back, everybody. 21 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name's Mark Salem. Sitting here to my left is Renee Salem. She's really the boss of me. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Go ahead. I got a couple things off the air for you. Okay, I'm ready. Um, so you were talking about hunters should drive Cadillacs. Well, we were talking about how hunters tear up their trucks. And okay. if they had to drive Cadillacs, then it might make them not take the roads they would normally take. Oh, okay. I don't know. One of your cowboy buddies said they should drive Jaguars, so I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, And then I had another call off the air. No. Linda wants to know when the next sale at Macy's is. Linda wants to know that. Yeah. Is that the Linda that we know? Might be. <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell everybody that Linda um, has free crochet Stop. flags, <laughs> and I'm gonna give out her phone number. No, How's that? No, you're not. She thought since you didn't know when the car show was, you might know when the <laughs> shopping was. So. I don't need to tell you and Linda anything about Nordstroms or um, what's the name of that other place? Macy's. Macy's or. Um, uh, or Target, Target, as you guys, yeah, yeah. yeah. Are you no, guys going our, shopping this our afternoon? Our usual place is Walmart. We don't have a lot of <laughs> Nordstroms and Macy's up here. So, we were just in Las Vegas for a week, and you huh? seem to be spending a whole lot of time across the street from yeah. from the Sands Convention Center. I brought a few Nordstroms oh, <laughs> sacks back. <laughs> I saw those. I thought maybe you went to Walmart and you just got the Nordstroms bags to put your Walmart stuff in, but mm-hmm. you're actually admitting that you went to Nordstroms. You bet. Yeah, I don't. Unfortunately, I don't know where there's a Walmart in Las Vegas. <laughs> or fortunately. You know what? I'll find one for you next okay. time we go. Anyway, we went to the Apex Show, SEMA Show, which is a week-long extravaganza. It's an annual show, and I got the opportunity to walk with a bunch of old-time guys, guys around my age, and we met up with the guys. We couldn't hardly walk 20 feet before we run into somebody we knew, and the crowd that we traveled with got bigger and bigger, and we had so much fun. We had so much fun, but all of us were on ibuprofen 
by noon <laughs> the first day just because walking so far because you can walk 10 miles. All right, anyway, let's get on with Larry Harker's Auto Repair. Larry Harker's Auto Repair has been around since 1967. They're at 38th Avenue and Indian School, and they're special for this reason. Bob is one of the best diagnosticians I've ever met in my life. He really has a good handle on on uh, fundamentals of cars and trucks and diesels and stuff. Bob can really do a good job with finding a problem, finding a noise, finding those kinds of issues. As a matter of fact, many shops in the geographical area of 38th Avenue Indian School will actually send their cars that need diagnostic work to Larry Harker's Auto, and that's quite an honor. There's nothing wrong with that. People do that a lot. So if you want to stop by Larry Harker's, if you live in the area of 38th Avenue Indian School, or if you need a good diagnostician, may I suggest Bob at Larry Harker's Auto Repair, 38th Avenue and Indian School. All righty, let's see. Oh, real quick, real quick. And I'm going to get to uh, John and Walter real quick. Hang on just a minute. Folks, when you have shop supplies and environmental charges on your bill, it's a good idea um, to simply look at those two line items and kind of divide those by the total, which will give you a percentage of the total. And I'll tell you why that's important. Sales tax is about 10%, right? Uh, about there. Eight, yeah. 8.9 8 yeah. or 8.5, depending on what city you're in and yeah. if you're in the county. Well, I'm going to say 10 just for round figures. Okay. So if sales tax is 10%, I'm seeing tickets that have shop supplies of 8 and 9, uh, shop supplies and environmental charges that equals another 8, 9, and 10%. That's a lot. That's a lot. Now, I'm going to admit to you that my shop charges, and and let's just assume that most repair tickets are 50% labor and 50% parts because over the last 32 years, that's pretty much been what we have. So half parts, half labor. Our shop supplies and our environmental charges will impact your total just under 5%. It's 4.87 or something like that. And it's a derivative of this tax for parts, this tax for labor. And shop supplies and, and, and environmental charges are taxed differently, and every shop is different. But I'm holding in my hand one right now that's at 8%. And it's, um, it's something that you should just perhaps ask about or maybe complain about. 5% seems to be the low. 10% seems to be a lot. And 12 and 14% seem to be the big dogs. So just kind of divide up. The shop supplies environment charges by the gross, by the total part of the ticket, and it'll tell you what percentage those take up. And like I said, if you're between 5 and 10, you're home free. If you're between 10 and 20, maybe you should say something. Maybe you got nothing to lose. Okay, let's go to the phones. John, good morning to you. How can I help you? I got a 98 uh, Mercury Grand Marquis with 120,000 miles on it, and it came out with a PO171 lean condition and misfire on bank one on one okay and uh what it and it's it misses when you first start it up and it's cold okay it misses and it and the rpm seemed to go up and down when it's idling a little bit okay this is pretty easy because when you have a lean misfire um it's going to be caused by um a spark problem, a fuel problem, and then the ratio problem is fuel to air. So too much fuel can cause a mess or, or too little fuel. But too little fuel matches lean, which is the code that you have. 
an EGR valve stuck open, an intake manifold leak, something as simple as a vacuum line that's fallen off the port. I, I want to remind you, though, that you're not going to go, go buy a whole bunch of oxygen sensors because we have a PO171 and that's a lean condition because that's not the right thing to do. The code just tells us what state the problem's in. We still have to find the city, the street, and the street number and the zip code. So that's part of the diagnostic process. In this particular situation, the shop should have the car overnight. They'll have their equipment hooked up, and when they start the car in the morning, they're going to be paying particular attention to the O2 output and input, the O2 sensors, the oxygen sensors. Now, a low number is lean. Let's call it 1. A rich number is 9. Let's call it 9. So when I start it up, if I see the oxygen sensors on the bank that you're talking about or the cylinder you're talking about see it at lean, I only need to make sure it can see rich because its job is just to see lean and rich. They're defective when they're stuck on lean and they don't see rich. So I'm going to make the car run rich and all of a sudden it goes to 9 and I now pronounce that oxygen sensor OK. So I know that it's telling the truth. There truly is a lean condition on that cylinder or that bank. Now I have to go in and find it. So I'm still running the car. I still see a lean code from, or not a lean code, but a lean reading from the O2 sensor, and I'm going to start spraying propane around the intake, and all of a sudden I hit this spot of the intake, and all of a sudden the, the number goes from 1 to 9, and I go, bingo, that's where the air leaks at. Then I'm going to explore that more. I'm going to write up an estimate, and I'm going to call you and say, this is the air leak I'm looking for, and this is going to fix your code. And that's what happens in that process. You'll spend between $75 and $125 to have somebody um, diagnose that problem and what the repair is. One last thing, though, when they ask, tell you, give you an estimate, you ask them, is this a guess or a fix? Because if it's a guess, I'm not guessing with my money. We're guessing with your money. So if this doesn't fix it, I'm not paying you for a guess. I want to pay only for a fix, and I want your assurance that this is going to fix my problem, and you're not going to call me back and ask for twice as much more money. Stay right there, John, because I'm going to have a comment for you just after this break, but i got to go right now. And, Walter, you'll be right after him. This is Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. Over the years, we've noticed we get two types of customers. One customer drives into our shop at the first sign of a problem, and the other waits until the vehicle breaks down and has to be towed in. The drivers who bring us their transmissions right away often catch the problem in the early stages while it's still a minor problem. The other customers push their vehicle so the minor problem becomes major. So if you're ignoring the signs that your transmission needs service, won't you stop by Quality Transmission Service today while you have the best chance of getting good news about the repair? The problem won't go away on its own. Find out for yourself why customers love us. Check out our listing on Mark Salem's website, Best Car Repair Shops in Phoenix. At Quality Transmission Service in Tempe, we'd love to make you our customer, but only you can choose which type of customer you'll be. Most humans reach a point in their lives when the words cure and treatment are no longer appropriate. This is not a time for new medications. It is a time for comfort and life review. This is a time for hospice. Hello, I'm Dr. Ken Cable, Medical Director at Hospice of the West. 
and it is my passion to help people and families during this difficult transition. Help them know when aggressive treatment is more likely to produce harm than good. Help them unload years of pharmaceutical burden. Help them stay home with loved ones and help them keep pain at bay. It is my privilege to care for the frailest of our society alongside our excellent team at Hospice of the West. And we would be honored to help you and your family. If you have questions about hospice, visit our website, hospicewestaz.com or call 602-343-6422. Again, that's 602-343-6422. HospiceWestAZ.com. Did you know Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs? Andy Val, the dad, and his sons Tom and Paul operate Raintree Auto Body in North Scottsdale. They've been around since 1972. Sure, they fix Kias and Hondas and Chevys and Fords, but they are rated the best for their ability to correctly repair the Mercedes-Benz. Remember, Raintree Auto Repair is ranked number one in the entire United States by Mercedes-Benz for their repairs. They have a machine called the Select Bench. It's the same jig they assemble your car on. Raintree can put your car back to its pre-loss condition with 100% accuracy. Raintree Auto Repair is a BBB member with a plus rating and they're also recommended by GarageFly. Raintree Auto Repair provides free estimates and they'll give you a lifetime warranty on all paint and bodywork. They use the best glasserate paint and it's waterborne paint so it has no environmental effect. For more information, stop by RaintreeAutoBodyInc.com. Welcome back to The Cat Show. Up next, we have Nico. Nico is a member of the Shelter Pet Group. That's right. A group known especially for their sunspot sleeping, ball chasing, leg rubbing, couch purring, bed leaping, and of course, companionship. Wonderful. And what breed would you say Nico is? I'd have to go with a tabbyish Persian kind of mix. Tremendous cat. I'd also like to point out her coat's wonderful mix of colors. Is it black, gray, gray, black, brown? Somewhere in between. Indeed. You know, it's always special when we get to see a cat like this. Just look how she struts. It's like she owns the place. And how she's so incredibly cute in her indifference to commands. A strong-willed feline. Ah, and see how she curls up and cuddles her person. The pitch on her purring is simply perfect. Nice one. I know. Fantastic cat. Fantastic indeed. But really the best way to know an amazing shelter pet like Nico is to meet one. Visit the shelterpetproject.org today. Adopt. Brought to you by Maddie's Fund, the Humane Society of the United States, and the Ad Council. All about that demon automobile, the metal monster with the polyglass wheels, the end result of the dream of Henry Ford. Welcome back, everybody. 34 minutes after the hour of 11 o'clock. My name is Mark Salem, and we're here until the top of the hour, and we've got a full board, and we're going to get going. But first, I've got to tell you real quick about Kurt's Auto Repair. Kurt's Auto Repair is I-17 and Bell, northeast corner. I-17 and Bell, northeast corner. If you live in that area and you don't have a good repair shop, Kurtz is a great repair shop. Kurtz has repaired cars that nobody else could fix because the people came to me and said, I need a good shop. I say, where do you live? They tell me that area. I say, go to Kurtz. And in each and every time, without fail, Kurtz has fixed their car. That's, he's really good. And not only that, he was the winner of the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award for 2015 in his category, in his business category, which is five different categories by size of employees. So Kurt won that award this year. He, w- he was a finalist before, but he won the award this time. That's pretty impressive. So Kurt's Automotive, I-17 and Bell in uh, Phoenix. Okay, let's go to John. John, we were talking about your lean misfire. You had another question, and I'm happy to handle that one for you. 
Um, sometimes, and this is only rarely, uh, intermittently, when you're sitting at a uh, intersection and the car's warm, and the car's been warm, you know, it's warmed up to operating uh-huh. temperature, it, and you're you're sitting there and drive with your foot on the brake, it wants to kind of lunge forward. Okay, okay, that's a good good symptom of a lean condition. Once we fix the lean condition, then we'll know why that happened. But to chase that symptom, now you could help us do this. If if you pull up to an intersection and there's kind of a rumple bumple when your foot's on the brake, I want you to put it in neutral and take your foot off the brake. And then I want to know if it does it again. If it does it when the foot's on the brake, it could be a vacuum leak at the brake booster, but I think your Grand Marquis may have hydro boost, which means we're giving you power brakes with hydraulic fluid and not vacuum, engine vacuum. But I can't tell you for sure. So if you have a hydro boost braking system, then this doesn't apply. Your foot on the brake would have no effect on the performance of the engine. But if you have a brake of a brake booster and it's fed from engine vacuum, and if it's leaking vacuum, then it's going to cause a little bit of an idle problem when you're sitting at a traffic light. So just get in the habit. If it happens and you know it's going to happen, or if it happened and you know it's going to happen again, neutral, take your foot off your brake, sit there during the red light, and, and see if it happens again. See if, the, if the, the key to making that happen is your foot on the brake. That's what I'm saying. Okay, thank you very much, John. Let's go to Walter. Walter, thank you for holding as long as you did. How can I help you? Um, I have a question. It's uh, concerning a 2002 Chevrolet Impala. It's got a 3.4 liter uh, V6. Okay. And uh, it had a leak, and I took it to the shop, and they said the power steering pump was leaking, and they replaced it. But when I picked it up, it was they told me it was making noise. It was whining. And to drive it 500 miles, and it would probably stop. And uh, so I drove it for two days, and it's still whining. My wife says, I'm not going to drive that car. <laughs> it's like... Uh, uh, you know, if I had a, if I had a, some blinking lights, I could use it for a siren. But it, use yeah. it, I could be a policeman. But I uh, took it anyway. I took it back to the shop, and they they tell me they put three pumps on it now, and I picked it up, and it's still making this whining sound. And they say that all the pumps for these cars now are remands. They can't get new ones, and pretty much all of them do that, and they seem to clear up after 500 miles. Have you heard of a problem like that with these Chevrolet pumps? <laughs> no. No, I don't agree with that at all. I hear that kind of response when, let me ask you a question, and I don't want you to say the name of the shop. Is it possible that this shop is really not a repair shop? Is it a focus? Like, is it, could it be a brake shop or a tire shop? No, or? He, he does general repair. Okay. All right. You just, what you need to, this is one, This uh, I'm going to give you a, a scenario that I think is possible here, but it's you're not going to like it. <laughs> the possibility is is that the, the pump, the, the other pump came apart inside, and, and, and ground itself up, and there's a lot of metal in the system. And so when you put a new pump on without checking for that, then what happens is, is the metal in the system wipes out the second pump and the third pump and the fourth mm. pump. Now, the other reverse is true as well. The rack and pinion sometimes will start to eat itself the, alive. The rack, the rack and pinion was, is less than a year old. That's not to say it couldn't be bad, but it's, it's, it's less okay. than a year old. Well, if you don't flush, you, you have to absolutely flush the system really good before you put a new pump on. But I do not disagree. And so here's how to tell the boys from the girls. You look you look them in the eye and you say, I'm going to go have this taken someplace else. And I'm going to have it fixed. And um, if they put a pump on it and it quits, I'm going to come back and ask you for, for my money back. So I'm going to take it someplace else. 
um, it's not that I don't believe you. It's just that I'm not willing to live with this noise. Yeah. So um, I'm going to take it someplace else and ask them to diagnose. I'm, I got a power steering pump. What do you think it is? Hopefully they'll sell you a pump, and hopefully they'll flush it good and get all that metal out of there, and then you get a good virgin pump on top of a of a of a clean system. So I think the possibility exists that they didn't flush the system and and they continue to contaminate the pumps and that's causing the wine. Okay. And I don't I don't believe for a minute of this 500 500 mile deal. I'll tell you I'm something. I'm concerned else. about it. Well, my wife don't want to drive it, and I'm concerned about it. Well, I haven't thought of a concern like you're talking about that this thing eating itself and screwing up the rack and pinion again. Well, and, and here here's the here's the other thing too. The the other thing too is is that, that we have a high pressure line to the rack and a low pressure return line and if that low pressure return line is in bad shape and it's sucking air it'll aerate the fluid and cause the wine. Uh -huh. This may not be a pump problem. This may need a twenty dollar return line with two new clamps uh -huh. to stop the air leak on the suction side of the pump. Uh -huh. So if every time you I know I'm over but I'll be done in just a second here because they're telling me I got a break. Um, if every time I. Every time it's whining, I want you to take the cap off and look inside the reservoir. And if that fluid is foamy, if that fluid is foamy, and then in the morning you look at it, the foam's gone. And in the morning, for the first minute or two, there is no noise. And then the wine comes back with a vengeance. Then you look inside and the fluid's foamy. Uh, I have just nailed it. Okay. That, that you've got an air leak in that system. And more than likely, it's on the suction side of the pump. Uh, okay. Okay. I'll check that out. Right. Thank you very much. Walter, thank you very much. Joe, Ron, and Mike, you stay there. I'll be right back right after this. Hello, I'm Bob Jones, owner of Quality Transmission Service in Tempe. As a kid, I was a Boy Scout, which taught me to live my life by honest principles. Through hard work and dedication to those principles, I earned the rank of Eagle Scout. I started Quality Transmission in 1977 and set out to build the most honest and trusted transmission shop in the area. In 2003, Quality Transmission was given the first Business Ethics Award from the local Better Business Bureau and was presented to me by Steve Forbes of Forbes Magazine. No other transmission shop in the state has earned this award. Quality Transmission is also a charter member of Mark Salem's Best Auto Repair Shops in Phoenix, and we are one of only two transmission shops in the Valley that are AAA-approved auto repair facilities. I ran quality transmission using the principles I learned as a Boy Scout, which means that you can trust us to tell it like it is when you bring your car or truck to quality transmission in Tempe. You put a seed in the ground and voila, a beautiful shade tree. Throw a few seeds. Just look at those bright pink and purple flowers. Hey, wait a minute. Landscaping in Arizona isn't that easy. I seem to kill almost everything I plant. Then you need to watch Step Outside on Cox Channel 7. Step Outside? Step Outside. It's Arizona's only show where you can watch a local landscaping expert create amazing yards and patios, all with plants that will grow in Arizona. Step Outside on Cox Channel 7. What a relief. You have no idea how much money I've wasted on plants that just keep dying. Thanks for telling me. You're entirely welcome. Don't forget, for landscaping ideas and advice unique to Arizona's climate, watch Step Outside every Sunday night at 8 on Cox Channel 7 or watch anytime on Cox7.com. Now for that sprinkler system. You have a friend at Thunderbird Automotive, and his name is Tom Fletcher. In 2003, Thunderbird Auto was a finalist in the Better Business Bureau Ethics Award. In 2004, they won that award. Check them out at the BBB online. They're proud of their A-plus rating. 
they have ASC certified technicians. They can fix anything with a steering wheel. Thunderbird Auto offers a precursory inspection, the same as some charge $49 for. They offer a two-year, 24,000-mile warranty on parts and labor anywhere in the country. If you live in the Northwest area, you have two Thunderbird Autos to choose from. One at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria, just west of the 101. And one at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise. That's just south of Grand Avenue. For more information, see ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. That's ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. Visit them at 88th Avenue and Thunderbird in Peoria and at Mountain View and Reams Road in Surprise, just south of Grand Avenue. ThunderbirdAutomotive.com. If you're looking for the latest videos, audio, and articles from the top political minds from around the country, like Jonah Goldberg, Thomas Sowell, Michelle Malkin, and many more, then The Patriot has you covered. Just log on to 960thepatriot.com today. Become a fan of 960 The Patriot on Facebook or follow us on Twitter today. Just go to 960thepatriot.com for more information. The Patriot. Welcome back, everybody. It's 44 minutes after the hour, 11 o'clock, and we're going to wrap up the show, but not before we talk to Joe, Ron, and Mike, or Mark. But I want to tell you about Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing. Since 1970, Thompson's Auto Repair and Towing has been providing expert auto and light truck repair and maintenance to their customers in Mesa. They're three generations deep at Thompson's Auto Repair. They have ASE certified technicians. They do a good job. They have tow trucks. They have really inexpensive rates for the Mesa area. I think it's like $25 plus $3 a mile from in Mesa to Mesa somewhere around there. And you don't even have to come to their shop. If you want to be towed into the shop, he'll, he'll take care of that as well. But as long as you're in Mesa, he has a special deal for you. But Thompson's Auto Repair is located on Mesa, on Main Street, just east of Stapley on the south side of the road. So Main Street and Stapley, just east on the south side of the road. There's three generations deep, and Brian and Thelma are the owners of Thompson's Auto Repair. And when we meet them, you'll understand clearly why they're on our list of the best car repair shops. All right, let's go to Joe. Joe, good morning to you. How can I help you? Good morning. Uh, I've got uh, 60,000 miles on an 01 Silhouette minivan, uh, an deal. And you said I should have the upper and lower hoses changed, radiator hoses. Yes, sir. But somebody said that that tank is plastic, and you got to be real careful how you get that upper hose off because it makes yes, sir. it break. Is that true? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, that's true. It's it's a common issue, uh-huh. and the plastic, after we go through thousands of heat cycles from heating up and cool down, heating up and cool down, that's called a heat cycle, the plastic becomes brittle. So there's a lot of us that are going to open that door when we talk to you about that. We're going to say, hey, Joe, the possibility exists that that neck could break on the top or the bottom when we take it off. And if that's the case, we have to put a radiator and I'm just opening that door. But Joe, I'm going to also tell you that I'm a seasoned guy and I'm going to take a knife and I'm going to cut the hose and then I'm going to peel it back so that I don't have to rough house it. And I'm going to peel the hose off the neck. But sometimes when I put the new hose on and I put a clamp on and I tighten it up, it cracks then. Oh boy. But Joe, but I'm going to do the best I can. And, and then I would say to you that and I don't know about the rest of the shops, but I suspect there's a lot of them just like mine, that probably about 10% of the time we end up, something happens, and 90% of the time, nothing happens. So uh, I'll share that with you. Okay, well, 
Is there any cars that have a metal tank? No, it's too late for that. I, I know what you're saying. In the old days, we had metal tanks and metal necks. But in reality, the plastic tank aluminum radiators work so much better and last so much longer than the metal ones ever did. So it is far better off for your car. And you'll get, I mean, we were, we were pulling radiators out every 30,000 miles in the 70s. Uh -huh. Your aluminum radiator is going to last 100,000 miles. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's okay. You, and, and this is just a small risk, but I do think your shop did the right thing by opening the door for that discussion in case it happens, and I, I want you to know I think that's a very honorable thing to do. Then i got to pay for a new radiator and the installation. If they break it. Oh, boy. If, it's, if it ends up broken, but I'm telling you, it's a 10% chance of, of this happening out of our control and a 90% that we don't have to deal with it. How far back do I have to go to get a uh, a metal radiator? In what what year car? To the to the eighties. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> no, Joe, you're gonna you wouldn't go back to points and condenser. You wouldn't go back to the old air conditioning systems. You certainly wouldn't go back to Ford drum brakes. No. Don't don't do that. Don't go go forward, but don't worry about it. Yeah. Don't worry about it. It'll be okay. How about okay? the Grand Marquis? Are they strong cars? Grand Marquis is a fine car. It's a big four-door, a big, huge boat. Uh, it doesn't get great gas mileage, but it keeps my customers safe, and they like big four-door Ford kind of cars. That's Grand Marquis is a fine, fine automobile. It's pretty strong motors and all the components. Yeah, I mean they all they all have the same faults, uh, Joe. Yep. None of them like to be overheated, and none of them like to be run low on oil, and all of them like fresh oil. Okay. So you you, you do all that, and the car will love you. Okay. Okay. Well, thank you. All right. Thank you. And, Ron, you're up next. Ron, how can I help you today? Hi. Uh, what can you tell me about the uh, laws in Arizona concerning the installation of aftermarket parts, larger engines, et cetera? Um, can you tell me anything about more. that? I know a lot about it, but there's no regulations that say I can't put a Chevy in a Ford, and there's Why? no regulations that says I have to use an. And, first of all, there is no such thing as an OEM part. There is no such thing as, as a Chevrolet part. I want right. you to know that, okay? There's no such thing. So Chevrolet has a box that says Chevrolet, but inside of it, I mean, the mass airflow sensor on the last 10 years of Ford trucks has been made by Hitachi, and you can actually see where they grind off the word Hitachi on the mass airflow sensor. I'll also tell you that, um, that um, uh, for instance, today, Kendall Oil, is pouring their oil into a bottle that's got a Honda label and a Motocraft label. Oh. So when you buy when you buy Motocraft oil and you buy Honda oil, you're really buying Kendall oil. And 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 next year it'll be Valvoline, and the year after that it's Penn's oil, and next year after that it'll be Castrol, and then it'll be Chevron. So there's no such thing as an OEM. Why do you ask this question? Well, because you read these articles and so forth that say that in California, for example, uh, you can't install certain parts that affect emissions and things like that. Because they have all these rules. Okay. I know, but you you recognize that that Colorado River separates us from those crazy well, that's loons what I was and nuts. Wondering, do we have anything that and mainly we just pass emissions and we're good? No, that's the rule of thumb right there. You okay. see, over there they don't have a centralized system, so every Tom, Dick, and Harry that has a garage can pass you for five bucks under the table or whatever. In Arizona, for Maricopa County and Pinal County, we can't do that. We have a centralized system. If we use a substandard catalytic converter, you're not going to get through emissions. Okay. And, and i got to tell you something. Substandard is a word that I might run into 
once or twice a year, and we're doing $3.5 million worth of car repair, you figure that half of that is parts and half of that is labor, so now I'm at 175 and then half of that is, is um, you know, uh, of the parts, probably 30% of that is profit and 70% is cost, so do the, do the math yourself. I'm buying a heck of a lot of parts, and, and I don't run into those problems. But I agree with you that west of the Colorado River, those Looney Tune people over there, those fruits and nuts, have a whole different set of problems. They even have cars made for California only, and they, want, and they, and they oftentimes won't let, let you register a 40, what we call a 49-state car in California. So it's crazy, but Arizona has none of that. So basically, if you can pass emissions in Arizona, you're good. Yeah, and that's exactly right. And hopefully you're going to deal with a reputable shop that's going to give you a yes. reputable warranty, and you're yes. home free. Thank yes, you. Sir. All right. Bye-bye. And Mark, you're up next. Mark, how can, how can I help you? Hello, Mark. I have a uh, 2010 Silverado half-ton two-wheel drive. I've got two questions, but that's the first one. And okay. I have um, a squealing noise when I turn the steering wheel. Now, I had okay. uh, I had a, um, a another truck like that some years ago. I had the same problem, and uh, I believe that the steering wheel had to be pulled and something done. Okay. And and it is, but how much did that cost you? You remember? I do not know. Okay. You know what I say? It has to do with the season, and you got a couple pieces of plastic rubbing on one another. Other than just the noise, there's no harm. There's no foul. I can virtually promise you that this will never grow into anything that will cost you money. And if you just wait till the weather turns warmer, it'll go away. This is a common problem, and I absolutely refuse to charge my customers $100 or $200 to take their steering column apart and find the two pieces of plastic that are rubbing and taking a piece of sandpaper and cleaning those and making the gap 30 thousandths instead of, you know, two thousandths. I'm not doing that. There's no harm. There's no foul. Okay. It's a noise that's that's related to the temperature, the ambient temperature, and there's no reason to spend any money fixing that. But All right. there's there's people that disagree with me. So in in their position is is Mark doesn't know what's wrong with the column, and my response to them is is yes I do. If the noise is just the noise, and I can turn the steering wheel back and forth with my right hand and put my left hand on the bottom cowl of the steering column, and I can feel that noise, and if the front wheel's moving complete synchronization with the steering wheel, which means there's no play in the tie rods, the rack and pinion, the rack uh, bushings, uh, the upper ball joints, the lower ball joints, the center link, the pitman arm, the idler arm, if the front tires move in complete synchronization and I can feel the noise underneath, then I can say with 100% certainty that there's nothing mechanically wrong with the steering column. And besides that, if there was something wrong with the steering column, you'd have symptoms and you would have brought those to my attention, but all you've got is noise. So that's my thought on it. Okay. Next question, uh, wheel bearing. I can't remember the last time I ever had wheel bearings packed. Um, okay. Is there a, a regular maintenance on those? or? Yeah. On the front, and really you do, them, you, you, you do them when you do your front brake jobs. How many miles are on your truck? 53,000. Have you ever had front brakes yet? No. Okay. Then you've never had wheel packs. So I would imagine you're, you're kind of close to front brakes. And so when you have them, they're going to charge you to take the rotors off, wash them up, clean all the grease out of them. They're going to cut the rotors. Then they're going to pack the wheel bearings, put the rotor and the wheel bearings back in, put new pads, put new hardware kit, and you're good for another 50,000 miles. So so 
in the absence of any symptoms and in the absence of any discoloration on the drums or noises coming from either one of the front wheels, then I say you wait until you pack the wheel bearings in the next front brake job. Okay, thank you. All right, good luck to you. Thank you very much. Okay, Frank, how are you today? What can we do? Well, listen, is it better to buy a, a truck, a pickup truck, than a car if I want something to run around in? I mean, are they stronger than cars? No. If if you think stronger, I think, are you asking me what's going to protect me and my wife better? No, just what last, what's made stronger, I mean, the parts. Oh, it depends on the kinds of cars. Oh. I mean, it depends on the kind of cars. There's, 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 there's some, uh, there's some VWs out there. <laughs> there's some cars out there that I wouldn't take if you gave me, because of the of of the headaches associated with keeping them on the roads and the cosmetic issues and the oil leaking and the and the bad engines and the and the transmissions that cost ten thousand when everybody else is four thousand. There's all kinds of that going on, so it's just not it's just it's it's hard to say. I would prefer if you're looking for a car that you give me three or four, maybe even five kinds of vehicles, and then you're asking for the for the one that's going to keep you safe and cost you the least amount of maintenance, and I can comment on that. But if you'll call me back next week and give me five of those, then I can comment. But there's 280 models of cars and trucks just on the domestic side. It's double that many on the import side. So. There's 600 cars and trucks out there as of today that we could be talking about. I need you to narrow it down you for me. You couldn't tell me what truck would, uh, what pickup truck would be the strongest one right now. Well, I think what you should say to me is, is Mark, do you own any pickup trucks? And I say yes. And you say, do you have small ones and big ones and medium? And I say yes. And you say, would you tell me what they are? And I would say yes. Um, my trucks are Chevrolets or GMCs. That the truck I drive is a Dodge Diesel, and I have a big Cummins. Uh, and a freight liner that I haul uh, big horse trailers with. But the trucks that you're talking about, everything I own either is a Chevrolet or a GMC. And I've got trucks in my fleet today that are 2002, 2004. And they have, I think one of them's on their second engine at 300,000 miles. Hmm. And, um, and they've been very good trucks. And they're little S10s. And I was just talking to my son the other day that maybe we should sell these trucks. And the, the new Canyon trucks on the GMC side, um, they're 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 nice. And and they're nice, good trucks. We don't need nothing fancy. We just need trucks to go pick up parts and go take engines to the junkyard, stuff like that. So if you ask me, um, I say GMC and Chevrolet. They've served my purpose well. Okay. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. Thank you very much. You betcha. And uh, anybody else, my email address is Mark at MarkSalem.com, Mark at MarkSalem.com. The first hour we talked about if you don't want your shop to sell your data to marketing people, then make sure you tell your repair shop that they are not allowed to share or sell your customer information. That's a big deal right now because there's lots of people trying to buy our databases. At my shop, you have no fear. I'll never sell your database, my customer database, to anybody for any amount of money. But... AAA's out there trying to buy them as well. So just say, you are not allowed to sell my customer information to anybody. That should do it. I'll see you next week. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.